Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. My name is Matt Pohl, founder of the Rewild Group. We believe that as a fundamental part of the human experience, that work is not only essential, it's valuable, that work matters. That's why we're on a mission to multiply the number of exceptional businesses globally. We want business owners and their employees to thrive at work. Thanks for joining us for another episode where we discuss stories of how leaders are having a lasting impact on small and mid-sized businesses. Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. I'm Matt Pohl, your host. I'm here with Daniel Gomez, who is the president of Shield of Faith Business Coaching. And Daniel's one, he's an award-winning coach. And uh, so that's why we wanted to have him on the podcast today, because he's doing some great things in the area of leadership and business. And, uh, you know, we're just happy to have you here. Well, Matthew, thank you for having me. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to have it on the calendar for the last couple of months. And man, it's going to be a great time. I'm excited to pour into your audience. Okay. Well, we appreciate you doing that. I'm sure they'll get good value out of it. Um, as as we discuss, you know, our audience is primarily made up of small, mid-sized business uh, leaders and owners. And so I'd like to just start off with having you tell us a little bit about your background. What what was your journey to kind of get to this point in your in your career? Well, my journey was I was just always wanting wanting to learn more. I think when you're younger, you think you know it all. And then when I turned 26 years old, I really entered into business. I learned sales, right? No matter what business you are, you got to learn sales. But then as I grew in the organization, I grew in the automotive industry. And then next thing you know, I'm running a multi-million dollar Chevrolet dealership and we're making millions of dollars. You okay. have employees. And that's really where I learned the business background because they send us to school. And then of course, then your personality comes out, but I still wear my Chevrolet ring. It just, cause it's a great conversation piece. And they were like, how did you get your ring? Well, let me tell you, because we won many awards and even through the roughest times in 2008, we pushed yeah. that adversity and we were profitable. So wow. I'm, my main training ground in, in real life, right? Cause you can go to school, but you don't know it. But right. I think for me, it was, it was really when I was at the Chevrolet store and just took that from one level of success to a whole other level. And that was, that was my, my claim to fame. Okay. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's a tough environment, right? You know, it's uh, like you said, you're, well, there's just a lot of things going on. The challenges, if you went through the 2008 financial crisis, you know, when money dried up, nobody had any capital, you couldn't get loans. I mean, what, how'd, how'd you survive that? How'd you come out of that in good shape? Well, I think one thing what happens is when, as, as a leader of an organization, when you're, when you're a small business owner, you have to become resourceful. Mm -hmm. what, 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 the problem is though, when, when adversity happens, many leaders, they think in scarcity. So when you think in scarcity and lack, well, then you go to your destructive mindset and then you start making, right. You contract too much. And there's such thing of, of course you want to use wisdom, but I think I've seen for many organizations, many small businesses and midsize, they contract too much. And then, right. They, they kind of put themselves out of business because they, they, how, how can I say it? Right. You got to be wise, but you got to know when to still bet on yourself when times are challenging. Right. You have to see where there's opportunity in that crisis. Right. And it, that opportunity may just be to survive. But if you, if you get too, uh, like you said, if you pull in too much, uh, you can go into that death spiral and you can never get out of that sometimes. 
And I've seen it because what happens is you, you, you contract, you contract, you contract, and then you get stuck in that mood, right? You get stuck in that, in that mood. And then every decision you're making is based off of that. And then instead of learning from the experience and learning from that, now that's becomes part of your decision-making and next, you know, a real good opportunity comes and then you miss it because you're too scared to bet on yourself or you're too scared because, well, things, right. You, you have to invest here to make here at times. And when you don't do that, it's not good. Right. Right. No, I can, I can relate to that. Uh, in my first business, we, we had to several years into it, we went through a period where we had to lay some people off and, I know that caused a bit of that scarcity mindset in me and it took a while to get past that to say, okay, yeah, you got to hire, you have to keep that growth mindset because like you said, if, if not, you're just, you're going to get stuck there pretty quickly. Yes. And I, I see that too many times. I think as, as, a, as a business owner, you have to understand that when anybody is a, is a leader that right as they operate a business, if, if they're operating from a place of scarcity and lack, you're going to micromanage. And then instead of really empowering your team to dream bigger, to have a bigger vision, now, not knowingly, I've seen so many people in leadership that just, they want to be in control of everything because they want to control the profits, right? And that's the worst thing you could do because you and I both know I wouldn't want anybody looking over my shoulder and asking me questions every single day, right? Because there's no right. freedom in that. And you have to allow that culture to build where they they your team senses like man i can trust matt okay let's do this matt and they follow your lead but also too vice versa you got to trust your team mm -hmm. and not micromanage every decision that's going on and in, in, as far as in the business aspect of it okay no that's that's great wisdom so you're coming out you you're in your basic training or your advanced training at at the chevy de dealer what transitioned or what what was the path from that learning experience into where you started to coach and and advise businesses? Well, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2017, and that's when my life kind of just flipped upside down. Yeah. I thought because I had money in the bank, Rolex and Corvettes, and my house was paid off. You think you have it together, but when cancer comes into your home and your wife's diagnosed stage three, everything just kind of I had to open my I had to open my eyes to okay what's going on here and then she got depressed on me Matt and what happened with that is that I had to make a decision was I going to hire somebody to take care of her or was I going to hire myself and you know I had to be the leader of my family and make the decision no I I need to honor my wife and take care of her mm -hmm. and little did I know that when I took that step okay. I, left, I, I yeah I resigned from my position I walked away from a quarter million dollar a year job. And just being there at home, I, I didn't realize how much junk I had inside of me. Mm. And I look back as, at the decisions that I made in leadership. And I said, the fact that I didn't deal with these inner issues, it affected many leadership decisions that I made. And I think so many people in leadership missed that. So as I was going on this journey, I just felt one day that I was like, I was just kind of reflecting back and God gave me the idea of becoming a motivational speaker. Like that's the way it came. Hmm. everybody laughed at me everybody made fun of me six years later i've spoken all over the world with les brown one of the best leadership gurus of all time john maxwell we spoke in atlanta to over yeah. 200 people and i just like realized man as as the leader i got more inside of me than i realized but we never take this time to take a step back 
reflect back and give us credit for all we, everything we've done. So when my wife was diagnosed with, with breast cancer, I, we were there parallel. She was on the couch. I was on a recliner and I just made the decision. I don't know why I believed it, but I said, I can become a motivational speaker. I, I can do this. <laughs> and I never looked back. I just, I made the investment. I went to go get John Maxwell certified in 2018 and spent $5,000 of money I didn't really have. Yeah. But I, I was willing to bet on myself. And from there, now we have a very successful organization. We just hired a, a new director of operations, Jacob Davis, to help us go to the next level. And so it's just been uh, realizing that, wow, right? From from tragedy to triumph. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's amazing. John Maxwell has had a big impact on me and my leadership as well. He's always been a, a fountain of real wisdom. And, uh, you know, when, when I was developing members of my management team, we went through a number of his books because I just, they're just so sound from a principal standpoint, right. And, um, uh, applicable. So it's cool that, that, that was kind of part of your journey. And, um, so <clears throat> if you, if you look at the kind of organizations and businesses that you work with, you know, are they in particular industries? Or are they really across the board? It's really across the board. And, and I don't say that in, in just in, to make a statement, but it, Everybody needs help. You got real estate that needs help. You got brick and mortars that need help. You got life insurance that needs help. You got bakeries that need help. And this, this is this is what I realized is if there's a problem in your in, in your in your small to mid-sized business, well, guess what? It's usually the owner, it's usually leadership that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. As Max was <laughs> and, and, and and it is what it is. Like, like a great example, we went into this one organization, brick and mortar. And I say brick and mortar because Sometimes people say, well, I got a business and all they did was buy a website and then they put it on GoDaddy and now they think they're a business owner and they've never even experienced business. I'm talking about like real business with right. real face-to-face -face. and they were losing a million in the, in the red and within a year and two months, we took them from a million loss to a million in the, in the profit. And that's a, that was over a $2 million swing. So it's really going in there and assessing what's going on. I think so many times people don't, Take time to really assess and look what's what the process are going on in the organization. What's the process? What's the culture? And what's the morale? Because if 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 you have low morale and you, and you have a losing culture, it doesn't matter how much you invest in the processes and put it implementing. They're not going to take because the culture's not there. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what are some of the kind of common challenges that you see? You said leadership is a big part of it. And, uh, you know, one of the fav favorite quotes from Maxwell for me is everything rises and falls on leadership, right? So I would really agree to that principle that a lot of organizations that are struggling, you know, there's a lot uh, that the leader, um, you know, is contributing to that, you know, lack of ideas or experience or, you know, even kind of uh, the culture that they're creating within the organization. But what kind of challenges do you see? You know, if you could name a few of the top ones that you see. Well, I think that the the owner, they think that everybody else is the is the problem and it's not. A lot of times it's leadership. A lot of times it's them. Mm -hmm. And they'll bring me in and, well, what needs to change? Well, like you need to change. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> hey, Matt, you paid me a lot of money to be here. You want me to lie to you? Or I'm going to tell you the truth. Mm. 
And they're like, well, what do you mean, Daniel? Right. That's, that's when you get their attention and they lean in. Yeah. And I just said, you know, you, you need to change. And so many times we don't realize that it's in order for our organization to grow and change, right? Where's the lid of our business? And if, and if we don't grow and I think that the thing is, this is that people do a lot of self-development and growth and skills Mm -hmm. don't rise to our level of success in knowledge and skill set. We fall to the level of what we believe we deserve. Mm. And I think we've all met a business owner, a small enterprise that, that they've done amazing. They have record breaking revenues. And then next thing you know, the following year or the following quarter, what happens? They, they nowhere near it because somewhere on their journey, that business owner, whether it's male or female or that leader that was in charge of it, they didn't believe that they deserved it. And then they self-sabotage. Yeah. And what that looked like they start arguing with lower management. They start arguing with other leadership and then they fire somebody that they really need because they don't know how to receive at those higher levels. And I've seen that over and over and over, Matt, where it's just like they self-implode. Like, I, I, I think we can all say this is that we all know that one or two business owner that does amazing boom, they're doing good for two or three years. And then you're like, what happened to Tony? What happened to this guy? He lost his business. Why? Because he couldn't handle the success because he didn't believe he deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times there's a lot of insecurities and, and we think that, okay, I'm, I know this. I'm going to rise to that level of skill set. No, if you don't believe you deserve it, you're going to self-implode. And then what happens is this, is that, is that we don't deal with the real issue. <laughs> we don't deal with the real issue and they bring in another body and you train somebody, you spend thousands of dollars on training somebody else, but you're the, you're, like, you have to say, like, you're the issue, man. You got to change. It's, it's you. Like, you got to realize that, 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 that you have to receive at these higher levels. And your team is watching you, the organization. Whether it doesn't matter if you have 5, 10, 15, 50, 100 people. They're looking at what you are doing. And they're, at some point, they're going to be like, okay, that's the behavior I need to implement because that's what my the owner's doing. And that's what leadership's doing. And if they're doing the wrong behaviors, right, if they're – if, if they're demonstrating the wrong behaviors, well, then there goes your culture and then morale is going to go down. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> how, how do you handle some of those hard conversations? Do you have any tricks where it's like, okay, business owner, you're the issue. How do you work around that? Um, maybe unwillingness to hear that, to receive that and, how, you know, any, like I said, any, any ideas on how to work through that? Cause I could see some of the listeners to our podcast say, Oh, I wonder if it is me or maybe they say, well, it can't be me. Right. Help well, us maybe, but, so it's, it, it's, it's ironic. You say that cause many don't think it's, they're not, the thing is this is they don't have the self-awareness. Okay. It's not that they do it purposely. They just don't have the self-awareness. And, and this is what happens is it's sometimes we're, 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 we're successful. Mm-hmm then we get stuck in this level of success because we got comfortable. Right. And, and if you're finance, like I write in my book, the makings of a millionaire mind, right. I, I talk about your financial set point, your financial thermostat. So if you have someone in leadership that is used to living at quarter million dollars a year, right. Well, they hit that. They already hit their, their glass ceiling. So everything is based upon them running an organization at that level of revenue for them. Right. It, it kind of trickles down from that threshold. Yeah. It, yes. it, it sets the, the trajectory of everything else. Yes. Because 
in 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 that person's mind that's at a quarter million, right? Their financial standpoint's a quarter million. Well, then what happens is every decision is based on that. So instead of right reaching for more, they're playing it safe. Because mm -hmm. I'm comfortable, I'm good. But the thing is, they don't even realize what what's running that. So it's it's what's what's the paradigm running the business deep down underneath you, and that's kind of what I specialize in, and I kind of just observe that. It just I have a good insight of when I have conversations with someone because everybody that I work with, we do an assessment, and when I do the business assessment, definitely some of it has a lot to do with business, but there's a lot about you, the person, right? <laughs> because you're the issue, right? Right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. Because um, look, a, 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 a good example. Yeah. This past weekend, we just had the, the NFL playoffs. Great, great, great teams. Cowboys, Packers. I'm a big Cowboys fan. Right. And I came to the conclusion that Dak Prescott just isn't good under pressure. Yeah. He isn't. So there's something deeper in him that that is causing him not to excel when the big lights on him. Right. Something is causing him to choke. Right. And we get this other guy, love rookie to say, and he came out here and he had, no, he played like he had nothing to lose and he won. Right. So, so in business, we can, we can, we can be so conservative and so uptight and then we cause ourselves to lose, but we don't believe that we belong in the big dance. Yeah. We believe we belong in those higher levels of, of business aspects and we, we self-sabotage ourselves. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. I see that. I, I see even in myself, right? As you're saying this, it's like, okay, where 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 am I where am I setting my my cap? Where where have I capped out in my own mind? And I I totally agree with you that money and wealth, um, you know, you only keep as much as you think you deserve because if if money's bad, if you have bad ideas about money, it's not gonna stay with you because you'll you'll get rid of it because it's something that you don't believe in disagree with think it's bad for you that kind of a thing well, well the truth is this over 90 percent of business owners have a bad relationship with money yeah i can prove it i've never met you in person have i no right and you were born and raised where uh in iowa in iowa so i'm in texas so we're thousands of miles away right i guarantee you that everything i'm gonna state you can finish it and I've never even met you in person. Fair enough? Fair enough. I'll tell you what, when I, when I fly to Denver to go meet with you, if, I, if I'm wrong, I'm buying you lunch. Okay. <laughs> and so I'll start it, you finish it. But if I'm right, you're going to buy me lunch. <laughs> now I'm just saying. <laughs> right? Money doesn't grow on. Trees. That's just the way it is. The early bird gets the worm. Who do you think you are? How do you know that? It's just beaten into us, right? It is just deep in our psychology. And, you know, you, you mentioned, even in the name of your organization, Shield of Faith, you know, from a faith perspective, you know, growing up in a Christian church, you hear that money is the root of all evil, right? And so it, um, Daniel, I've lost your audio. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. so, so, so the thing is this, is that in going to what I just said, the thing that we don't realize in leadership is, is we have a belief system deep down in our paradigm. Mm -hmm. And we also learn while we learn that the money is the root of all evil. 
and money doesn't grow on trees. And it's this little riddle. And I think you're going to know it too. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And what hurts us more than anything in this world, Matt? Yeah, it's those deep words that go so deep that uh, we never, you know, we'll be mid-50s and they still impact us, right? So you have a leader of an organization that went to their counselor when they were in high school said, you know, I really want to go to college. And then you have the counselor that says they're trying to protect them or maybe they're just being, well, you're not college material. Mm -hmm. And that stays with them their whole life. They finally reach a level of, of, of senior management, running an organization and leadership. But deep down inside, they don't believe that they're good enough because their counselor said you're not college material. Yeah. And they self-implode in areas and they don't even realize it. Yeah. No, what I, does it look like, right? You have an affair with your secretary. You drink alcohol excessively. You go shopping. There's so many ways that it comes out that you can self-implode, but we don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You talked about this assessment. Is that something you've developed uh, over the years? Is something that you've pulled from other kind of resources? It's something I came up with. I think, you know, when, when I went to John Maxwell, it was great. I learned a lot. But I think once I got my foundation after a year, right, because the, the fact is JMT wants you to promote JMT. Right. Oh, no, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to promote Sticker Shock. I'm going to promote DG Enterprises. Right. Once I got my branding down. It's like, OK, well, I, I got I, I I'm, I'm, I'm flying now. And well, now I got to promote myself. So right. it's really starting to, to look back and really reflected back and started working on my own trainings. It's like, well, I need a business assessment because I need a foundation. Right. And you know, just it's and the thing is this is that my target is I'm 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 coaching to Daniel five years ago, right? <laughs> I understand the struggles I went through. I understand right. the, the money issues I had, I understand the leadership issues I had. I understand, I mean, right, because when I when I was running the Chevrolet dealership, I was spending close to uh at least at least half a million to a million dollars a week on inventory a week. So I was stroking checks for half a million. I mean, right. Cause we're selling cars. So, you, I mean, you're talking about, uh, it's, it's, it's easy to do. Right. Well, then when it was my business to, to write a $500 check six years ago, it wasn't easy. Right. $600. Like, Oh, cause now it's coming out of my account. It's not coming out of this account, but now I write a $10,000 check and it's easier. I write a $5,000 check and it's easier. I spend a thousand dollars like it's twenty dollars now, and I don't say that arrogantly, but I understand it's business; it's part of the overhead. And so, I, right, five hundred bucks, just do it, right? Is it going to help us? Okay, do it. I don't sit there and 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 ponder over a five hundred dollar decision, a thousand dollar decision, right? If it's a five thousand dollar one, I'm going to say, okay, well, what is it? But there's many times that I spend five thousand, and you learn, right? I was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but yeah, it, it is what it is, and you, you learn wisdom from that. So. I think the bigger an organization gets, the leader has to get comfortable with these bigger numbers. And many times they don't get, they don't get comfortable with bigger numbers and they self-sabotage themselves that way also. Yeah. There's a, an author I like T Harv Ecker. He's uh, written a book, kind of a similar title to yours um, about the millionaire mind. I don't know the exact same title, but he talks about that. It's not the size of the issue you're facing it's the size of you that really matters. And that's what I hear you saying is 
you're struggling here because you've put a cap and you need to grow your mindset. You're deal with those issues inside of you so you can be bigger so that you can handle more. Yeah. Cause you, right. You, you got to get, but, it, and, but it comes to the, it comes to the money part aspect too. If you're not comfortable with bigger numbers, then you're never going to make bigger numbers. That's right. I, mean, I remember when we first started, I was struggling to make $5,000 a month. Right. I was like, wait, my son goes. And then one time my son came in, he goes, what is that? Dad? I said, that's what we pay monthly. He goes, that's your expenses. He goes, how do you sleep? <laughs> like, I don't worry about it. God takes care of it. I go, but we make more than that son. So we're good. Yeah. But he didn't, him seeing that, I guarantee you that stretches his thinking to be like, wow. Right. <laughs> right. Right. No, I, um, maybe you could share a couple, obviously in confidence of the actual scenario, but, um, one or two stories where you're working with a small mid-sized business owner, kind of give a little bit of the background and how you're able to have a lasting impact on that person and on that organization. So something that comes to mind is, is uh, I had a, a beautiful client in worked with her for three years and going back to the, to the revenue part, she had a CPA that really said, okay, we well, can't make this much money. Cause then you got to pay more taxes. And I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> and as I, as I really pondered on that, I was like, okay, you're, you're not making revenue because your CPA says that um, you got to pay taxes. And then I was looking at her financials. I said, is this all you're making? She's like, well, no, I get paid in cash too. I go, where's that? She goes, well, we don't report some of that. I'm like, why? Well, cause it's cash. I'm like, well, no, like God sees everything. So I think just a success story of her being a solopreneur and taking her to four employees, quadrupling their, their revenue tremendously. Now she's not in her business. She's on her business. Yeah. And now she's happy to pay her employees. Now she's happy to that. And the first thing I told her is you got to fire your seat. Your, she wasn't even a CPA. She was her, her, her tax, her tax woman or whatever she called her. And I said, you, you, you got to do that. So taking a business that is, that is really struggling ends me to make having them right. Cause the, the, the truth is this most small businesses, they never break a hundred thousand dollars a year. I think the, I think most entrepreneurs never make. I think it's it's uh, I don't know the exact percentage, but over fifty percent never make fifty thousand dollars, which right. is it's surprising, but it's reality. Yeah, that is a reality. It's it, yeah, most people don't see it that way, right? They see the top line and they think, wow, well, yeah, they're making a lot of money. No, there's a difference between collecting money and getting to keep that money. Yeah, and it's not how much you make; it's how much you get to. Keep. Yeah. So, so having her go and raise her revenue to where she's making over a quarter million dollars within the two years and then keeping a lot of it and buying her new car. Yeah. Like, it's just those those success stories are amazing because she didn't believe she could do it because she was believing what they were. I go, it, it's a privilege. Yes. You don't want to be not wise about it, but it's a privilege that you're getting to pay some of these taxes because that means you're making good revenue. That means your business is succeeding and it's okay. Yeah. If, you, if, if you're showing in your, on your profit and loss and you're losing money every year, well, then you're not being profitable. And then it's like, well, no, you, if you want to buy something, a building down the road, you got to show that you're, you're making profits. And right. I think just, it goes back to that scarcity mindset that we've been conditioned that from our youth that, well, I can't report everything because then I'm going to pay more taxes. And all that is just, 
it's nonsense, right? And I think for right. me, I really saw it in action where we were putting out ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars, and then we recuperated that the following month in profits. And it was really like, okay, I'm onto something here, but I had to condition myself to think that way. And it doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Um, how about, a, how about a second story? A second yeah. story. Well, the second one is this is, is sometimes you got an organization that's doing very well. I mean, they're, they're, they're making, they're making over $10 million and they're like, okay, I don't know what I need from you, but you got something that I need. I just follow you on LinkedIn and and I need your help. Okay. okay. So we just started talking and I'm like, well, what's going on with you? And he just needed a spiritual aspect of his life. Right. So many times we, we, we see ourselves. I've seen, I met, I've met so many C-suite executives that they feel like they're a failure or a mistake because of something they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And as young leaders, we all screw up. I think that's the one thing I want to tell your audience is we're all going to make mistakes. Okay. But when you embody that identity of, of it becomes shame. Okay. And, and then that shame unknowingly, right? You got shame and regret it puts a lid on you, but you don't see it. Hmm. And we just did a lot of work, right? We've been working with this particular client for over a year. They took their, they, they took their, their business from, from 10 million to 20 million. Because something inside of them unlocked. Okay. They had the business revenue, right? They had they, they had revenue. They had the business understanding. But sometimes if, if, if you carry that shame, you carry that guilt, it'll keep you from being the best that you can because you're just, you're not open to it. Because you don't believe you deserve it going back to that. Right. Going back to that. Right? that. Your, your, your self-worth is going to determine your net worth. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And if you have a low self-worth, right, or if you have shame there involved and you don't deal with that shame, it kind of contaminates the revenue aspect of it because there's more out there, but you're like, oh, I don't deserve it. I don't need it. I don't need it, right? I don't need it. Like I just wrote this down. We had a coaching session yesterday. Like, I don't need it. Well, who says you don't need it? But okay. But do you want it for the right reason? Right. right? If, if you sacrifice 15 years of your life and your business is profitable You've taken care of your wife. You've taken care of your kids. You've taken care of your husband. And you want a Louis Vuitton that's 5,000, well, go buy it. Do you need it? No, but if you're going to re- I truly believe that one thing that I help a lot of people do when I really get close to them, I'm like, when's the last time you celebrated yourself? Well, mm-hmm. what do you, well, when's the last time you celebrated yourself as a leader, as the owner of your organization? When's the last time you, well, I, I haven't. And they're always working and grinding and working and grinding. And one thing I don't believe is I don't believe in the rise and grind. Like, no, like you need to take time for your wife. You need to take time to text your wife you love her. You need to take time to text your husband you love him. You need to take time for your kids to tell them I'm thinking about you. Like you, it doesn't do you any good to be a seven-figure leader, seven-figure business owner, and be a 10-cent dad. Yeah. You won't make, you won't make it. You're going to lose your family along the way. Yeah. 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 I, know I'm, I know I'm going deep with you, Matt, but that's- no, 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 this is, this is good stuff because, uh, yeah, I had uh, a good mentor, uh, in a corporate setting that, uh, said to me, you know, Matt, it's easy to be successful a leader and make a lot of money. It's easy to be a good parent and a husband. The real challenge do both. Yeah. And that's what he called me up to. He said, Figure out a way to do both. 
because that's 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 the rare that's the rarity there if you can do both of those well um because most people choose one or the other right um well the thing is this like and and, and i can speak to that because that was me right we we're making a lot of money i was right i was that dominating figure making chevrolet right seven figure businessman but i was a 10 cent dad and husband i didn't realize it yeah i would bring that home i would bring that home and my house was profitable, but I was running my house like a business. And sometimes my kids just wanted dad. And, and sometimes my wife just wanted her husband. And right. not that I was a total butthead. I'm not saying that, but the thing is, this is that sometimes we don't realize like how much of it we're bringing home. And it's yes, my kids had great times. Yes. We took vacations. We did a lot of great things, but sometimes instead of a new iPhone, your kids just want to hang out with dad. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 we have four kids and they're all grown now. And, you know, one of the things I said early on was that you can't really spoil your kids with your time. You, you can spoil them a lot of different ways, but it's very hard to spoil kids when you're just giving them your time. So uh, I just don't think there's, you can give too much. You can do too much for them, but just being there, uh, being connected with them, I don't, I don't know that you can spoil them that way. Yeah. And I, th I think that's one thing that I love is, is showing people that it's, it's getting rid of that belief that you can't have both. Yeah. And many believe that many believe that many believe that they got to work a hundred, a hundred hours. Many believe this and, and you don't have to. Right. Right. You, 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 you can't have a happy blessed marriage and you can't have family and you can have a successful business. And of course, there's times that you're going to do one more for the other. But the right. truth is that is that there is a medium that you can find in that level of success. So you got to get rid of that beliefs that you can't have both because you can. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. One of the <clears throat> kind of the thresholds or the markers that I put in place early on when the kids were little was um, to eat dinner together. And now it just so happened that I was in jobs and professions that allowed that, but that was kind of the kind of the connection point every day with the family is we have dinner together. And I didn't, I don't know that I realized that that was really important. I thought it would be important, but, you know, as we talk to our grown kids now reflecting on their childhood and their friends, that that's kind of one of these things that kind of sticks out in their mind is, how infrequent they would go to other people's homes and see a family having dinner. And it's like, that. yeah, it was that balance, right? I worked a ton of hours, but I found this way to balance that to make sure that happened because that was kind of that everyday kind of investment in, in the family. So. Well, I'm going to give your audience the, 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 the $1 million leadership hack. Okay. God first, family second, business last. God first, family second, business last. We implemented that in 2018. Mm -hmm. We doubled, doubled in 2019, doubled in 2020 during COVID when everybody was going out of business. We doubled in 2021. We doubled in 2022. And Last year, we had a record-breaking year and record profits, record profits, but it's because 
God is my CEO. That's why if you go to my LinkedIn right now, Matthew, it's going to say this, Matt. It's going to say Daniel's the president of, of Shield of Faith. Daniel's the president of DG because God's my CEO. Okay. And when you honor your wife, you honor your family. It's like it, the business is going to come. Right. There's times that I do stuff over here. has nothing to do with business, but I know in my heart that's what I should be doing. And all of a sudden, I get a $20,000 contract over here. How did that happen? Because I did the right thing over here. Now it's reciprocated because God sees it. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a big part of my life as well. You know, I think your formula has shown to be true in my life as well. Yeah. And then people say, well, yeah, but that's not corporate America. Well, trust me, people, people always, I go do a lot of corporate trainings on leadership, team building, sales, and you're talking about, you know, fortune five and there, but there's always somebody, not always somebody, but there's people, several people that say there's something different about you. Yeah. And, you know, I just say it's, you're asking me, so by law, I can talk about it now because you opened the dialogue. <laughs> I was like, it's just having God in my life. It's, you know, when I accepted Jesus as my savior and does it make things perfect? No, but man, it, it takes off a lot of stress knowing that. And I'm able to have that peace and in business, I, I can be more aggressive and take risks because I know that if it's of God, it doesn't make sense, but it's going to work out. And on the vice versa, I say, well, that's not, it doesn't line up with my values. So you're not my type of client or I, I'm not, this isn't the right business direction I should be heading in. So I, I think when you really intentional and in, in trying to do that and, and, and live that out on a daily basis of God, God families and business, it's like, it's, it's because the marketplace needs it right now. There's so many people, I think it's over 70% of employees are disengaged right now in, in, in corporate America. Yeah. And it's because they just, they, they, A, they're in the wrong position. And B, they don't have a sense of belonging. And that those are the people that are going to be like, you know what? They get an extra dollar over here and I'll, I'll just go work over there because they don't have that fulfillment. And you got to understand that your people in your organization, it's more than just the money. People leave people. They don't leave companies. Right, right. As we wrap up here, what uh, if there be a word of advice that you give to uh, a, an owner or leader of a small, mid-sized business that's listening to this podcast? Any kind of nugget that you could share with them? What I would tell a business owner to do is really reflect back on 2023. We're early or in January. Reflect back on 2023 and ask yourself this question. What could I have done better? What could I have improved on in 2022? What can I improve on for this year? And be honest with yourself. You know, and, I, and I'm not saying beat yourself up, but in, in that self-reflection of being honest with yourself, because we can lie to anybody else, but if we can, if we lie to ourselves, it ain't going to do us any good. Right. So reflect back and look back at, okay, what could I have done better in 2023 that I can definitely improve on in 2024? And then at the same token, Go back and look at what you did right and give yourself credit for that. Because I think so many times we have a big win and instead of saying, wow, thank you, right? Awesome. Right away, we say, well, what's next? Mm -hmm. we don't really celebrate that victory. We don't celebrate that win to that next level that it can take us to because we, right, we just kind of like look it over because we're so taught to rise and grind and no, you, you have to learn how to celebrate even the smallest victory. So really go back to 2023 and where did I not celebrate myself the right way? And then let me celebrate myself now. Okay. 
Okay. And that seems to be part of that self-awareness, self-reflection that you're saying um, is important for leaders to, to be aware of. Uh, so, okay. That's a good word of advice. Um, Daniel, if, if folks listening to the podcast will, are uh, wanting to get a hold of you, what would be uh, your preferred way for them to reach out to you? Well, you know what? I would love to do this for your for your audience, Matt, is give, send me an email. Put discovery session under. I want to gift your audience a 45-minute discovery session so okay. they can email me at daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com. That's daniel at danielgomezspeaker.com. And just put in the subject line, complimentary discovery session, and I'll get them the link and we'll set that up. And then... I want to give your audience a gift, right? We have our book, The Makings of a Millionaire Mind. We have an affirmation PDF that's beautiful. We invested a lot of money into it. Text the word millionaire, that's the word millionaire by itself, to 210-942-5059. That's text the word millionaire, 210-942-5059, and you'll get your free PDF. And people love it because they frame it and they put it in their office and it helps them really get their mornings going in the right direction. Well, that's great. That's great. We'll go ahead and put those uh, co that contact information in the notes for the podcast and wherever we post this so that folks can uh, reach out to you. I really appreciate those two offers, Daniel. Okay. So uh, like I said, we need to wrap up here. I appreciate Daniel for coming on, for being a great guest and sh sharing not just your story, but uh, just relatable insights and wisdom that you've gained throughout the years. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that were encouraged by that. I really appreciate uh, our, our audience for listening and tuning in again for the Leaders of Lasting Impact. And I hope you'll join us for the next episode. Uh, everybody have a good day. Matt Pohl here. Thank you for watching this episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. If you're a successful business advisor, I encourage you to go to leaders.rewildgroup.com where you can learn how to be a guest on our show. If you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. You can also tag people that you think might be a good guest for our show. Just be sure to use hashtag leaders of lasting impact so we can see your comments and suggestions. We release episodes on a regular basis, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Finally, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. Those go a long way with promoting our podcast. It really means a lot to me and our team. Learn more about the Rewild Group at rewildgroup.com, or you can follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.